Yes. Tyler, I have one question. If I would have left, would you have just kept playing? Yes. Okay, my man. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> what up, everybody? How are you doing? We're doing good. Hey, tonight is a night where I'm going to need some feedback. We're going to talk through some hard topics. We're talking about relationships. Yeah. We're getting, we're getting, it. We're getting in the thicket. You used the word thicket up here. How do you know you're from Arkansas? Thicket. Hey, uh, my name is Justin. If I haven't had the chance to meet you, my wife is normally here. Uh, I see some OBU in the house. What up? <laughs> uh, good to have you. Uh, my wife is normally here. Our son is not feeling well, so she's at home with him. He's, I think, cutting teeth, which how many of you ever cut teeth before and like remember it? I know all of you have teeth, so. Y'all were, Bonnie, you do not remember cutting teeth. You're crazy. Corinne, you don't need it. You still, did you just get them removed? I can't understand you. Oh, oh man, praise God. Lord be with Corinne. Uh, I think he's cutting teeth. We don't really even know because he can't say anything or tell us. So that's what's going on. But she's with him. And tonight we are diving into relationships. So as we were, I I just want to kind of set it up. Uh, The Bible doesn't like talk a lot about dating really at all. Dating is some, it's kind of a new uh, approach to relationships back in Bible times. I guess we're still living in Bible times. But if you were to reference back when Jesus was here and some of his homies, uh, who built the church, the early church, they just like married who their parents said. So how many of you would love to go back to that? <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> uh, so we don't have to do that. Thank you, Lord. Um, but we get to choose. But dating is some sort of a new, uh, it's a new age term. Like over the last probably couple hundred years, we've started uh, down this dating trail. So tonight, what I did not want to do is there's a lot of resources. Uh, how many of y'all ever heard of Michael Todd? He does relationship goals. Many of you probably have the book. Uh, he gives great advice in relationship, um, practical relationship steps, what to look for, what not to look for. A couple months ago, we went through the red flags era. Y'all remember those? Uh, via social media and a lot of sermons on those. Um, and so as I was seeking the Lord this week and trying to figure out where do we go, like how to, I just, I feel like the church is in a season of like the practical tips, like those are very helpful, but like we really want to get into the word, figure out what it is that we need to know, and we really want to be challenged. Is that what y'all are looking out of your relationship with the Lord? You're like, how do I do this? How do I live for God? And how do I know that I'm on the right path? That's where I find myself. And so I could have gone the 10 steps to a very successful, healthy dating relationship, but you can also read J.P. Pokluda's book from becoming something or whoever you want to read. Tonight, I want to ask and start with this question. Bailey, you can throw it up there. I want you to write in your notes at the top of the page or in your iPhone notes, just at the very top. Actually, put the heading so you remember what message this is, and then under that, write this question. Or just write your answer to this. In your opinion, what is the most important factor in a strong, godly relationship? I'm going to give you just a second to write that down, to think through it. I want you to answer it, but not out loud. Put it in your notes. Because we're going we're gonna to look at what I feel as though the most important factor in a strong, healthy, godly relationship is. Just as somebody who has been married almost five years, 
Some of you are married in the room. Some of you are far from marriage. How many of you at one point or another would love to be married one day? Just pull the audience. Okay. A majority of people. Um, how many of you are the furthest thing from married at the current moment? How, how many that that's the boat you're in? Okay. We got like half the room still single, ready to mingle. Let's go. But regardless if you're single, if you're dating, if you're married, tonight I want to help I want to help point you to scripture and in a couple biblical points I want you to be able to examine where you are. Um so last December we went to uh Puerto Rico. We took a trip with our 3 3 month old son which wasn't terrible. Uh but we went for a wedding, so I coordinated with uh, a friend that used to live here. He now lives in Texas. His, uh, sorry, his wife's brother got married in Puerto Rico. We shot the wedding, did video. So I coordinated with him, the groom. My wife had nothing to do with it, okay? So she's normally the planner. I would, like, book the tickets somewhere. How many of y'all's personality is this? I book the tickets Somebody that worries about the details, they can worry about the details. Who are the spontaneous people in the room? Y'all with me? That's me. So I'm booking the trip. I'm making sure we're going to where we want to go, where it's cool, where it's fun, where we've never been before. And my wife normally handles the details. Well, she wasn't in any part of this process. So we jump on a plane on Thursday. I've worked everything out with the groom. We've decided on when we're getting there, when we're staying, how long we're staying. And we added a couple days at the end to have like a fun couple days with Denver So while we're not working. But we arrived Thursday night in a whole, we're on an island and in a country we've never seen. And I get up to the front desk at the hotel and I say, hey, this is, uh, my name's Justin. I'm here to check in. And uh, I say I'm with the wedding party. And so they look at the system and they're like, I'm like, what is going on? They're speaking another language because it's Puerto Rico. Um, they also speak English. And then they say to me, sir, we don't have your room. And I was like, hmm. She said, all the, all the rooms are booked. And I said, that's crazy because I thought we had planned on being here on Thursday night. And so she said, well, your room starts tomorrow. I said, no, we're here tonight. Like, I'm going to go get the groom. The groom's in the pool with all his boys. He got there a couple days early. So I'm like, hey, they didn't say we don't have our room. He says, bro, I, I told you that you're getting here on Friday. And it's Thursday. And me and my three-month-old son and my wife don't have anywhere to stay. And so we go to the front desk. Well, I don't. My wife does. She turns on the waterworks. She's like, she's holding Denver. She's like, we don't have a room. What are we going to do? You're gonna, we're homeless for a night. You're not going to do anything. They don't do anything. They're nothing. So we call a couple of hotels. We end up staying in another room with another family who has two kids already. It was peaceful. The point of the story is I'm terrible at uh, the details. Like I misread a text, and in the text it said, we're covering Friday, Saturday, you get anything else. I was like, cool, he's got Thursday too. I don't know why I thought that, but that's what I thought. Listen, the most important factor in, your, <laughs> the most important factor in that trip would have been the details, and my wife is strong at that. The most important detail in your relationships, the, the key to a healthy, strong, godly relationship is you. The most important, the key factor in a strong, healthy, godly relationship is you. And tonight, as we look through scripture, 
hopefully we get to examine ourselves, where we are, the things in our life, and as we look forward to, maybe it is close for you, uh, our dating relationship, or maybe you're dating and you're like, man, is, I'm trying to figure out, is this somebody I'm going to marry? Man, let's, let's work on some of these things tonight. And I believe, I'll get into some of these things here in a minute, but I believe that this, we can change the trajectory of the hurt and the pain that surround relationships in our culture right now. And we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. But I'm going to start with Matthew 7, 5. It says, this is a great way to start a dating relationship series. You hypocrite. <laughs> you hypocrite. First take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. I think so often we just assume that through relationships or maybe some trials that we face, um, it's other people's issues. It's the things that we see in other people that end up making the strong relationship. But really, if we each were to take an in- inward look and an inward, inward examination of who we are, what's going on in us, I believe that whatever relationship you walk into is going to be a strong, healthy, godly relationship. So as we, I'm going to pray real quick, and then we're going to jump into the Word. God, as we read your Word tonight, teach us. Lord, if there's anything in us that needs to shift or change or we just ask that you remove the things that need to be completely removed. Lord, that you shift our perspective and things that we've been kind of missing. And Lord, I pray you encourage us in the areas where we're getting it right. Lord, I thank you that almost all the people in this room, probably in one way or another, are acing what we'll talk about tonight. But Lord, if there's anything in us that doesn't line up with your word or where we should be, Lord, would you be faithful uh, and good to show us those things. In Jesus' name, everybody in the house said, Amen. Amen. So, I'm going to read a couple things real quick and just to kind of paint the picture of where our relationships are at in our current culture right now. So we have so many, uh, we, we have so many options right now. I think for us, it's where we are. I'm putting myself in your shoes. Where we are in our culture at this age, there are so many options that we end up being paralyzed in taking any step. If you look at the dating apps or the amount of people that we're in contact with just via social media and conversation on a daily basis, there are so many options that I think we end up just being like, I don't know what to do. So the the amount that is out there causes us to be almost paralyzed at times. Guys aren't asking as many girls out anymore. Girls aren't saying yes near as often. Who said something? Karim, was that you? I, I, I knew it was you. I'm not going to comment. We've got, we've got personality tests. We've got, we've got the Enneagrams. You know who is who, what number everybody is. Like we, we got the examinations for days on who's compatible with who. Uh, everybody's got their, like their mamas and their aunts and all their friends who are trying to hook them up with other people. You know what I mean? Like, I know who you should date, or, oh, I got somebody for you. Like, there's always options. Uh, young people are getting married later and later. Not a bad thing. I was reading this week that the, th- the reason that is is because young people want to be secure financially in their jobs, in, their, uh, in what they're striving for, before they bring somebody else into the picture, which is totally admirable. Like, that's something you should think about. But they're getting married later and later. So for some of you wanting to get married young, that could be an issue. More and more uh, choosing not to get married at all. Uh, marriages aren't lasting 
near as long. Divorce statistics are through the roof. The average, this was crazy. The average marriage statistic uh, says that a marriage lasts 8.2 years. Marriages in general. So that's like, some of y'all in college longer than that. That was, that, was, that was almost me, sorry. <laughs> and then I, I think what it boils down to is we're more educated than ever before. We have more access to information than ever before. But how do we walk it out is really where we find ourselves and how it's like, I want to date. What's the next step? I want a boyfriend. I want a girlfriend. I'm in a relationship. How do I process if this is the one that I'm going to marry? What's the next step? We always... Even if we get to the next step that that from where we were, how do we get to the next one? And we're really unsure until it comes to pass. And so tonight, um, we're going to take a look at that. But I just want to acknowledge there's so much hurt surrounding relationships right now. For some of you, it may be what you experienced at home life. For some of you, you came from broken homes with all you know is divorce, maybe several divorces. And from, like my, from my uh, relationship, my wife's mom had been divorced several times, but my parents were good. And so I just thought, going into a marriage with my wife, if things get hard, all that she's seen is divorce. Like, and so that crossed my mind. I'm like, is this what our life is going to look like? Like when we have tough moments, because I know it's coming, is this the end goal? Like, and it really caused me a little bit of anxiety when it came to Man, is it, I, we just, I don't know how we're going to navigate this. And it was a real concern for me. So for some of you, when you look at relationships, you're not even that confident in, when you do find one, how it's going to go. And so I want to say, I'm sorry that that's your perspective. What's in the Word and what, what the Lord paints is a picture of a strong, godly marriage. I know all of you in the room read it, see it, maybe even have seen examples of it, and you want that, but your, your experiences tend to, to shift your perspective back to, well, this is what I've seen reality be. And so tonight, I'm not calling anybody out. If you've had a, a picture-perfect example, I love that for you. If all you've seen is the most negative examples, and you're like, man, I never want to go down these roads, man, I'm hoping that the Lord would give you hope and restore the things that you once thought you could have in a relationship, and that that would be where we'd find ourselves. How do we do it? I want to remind you before we jump in that I am the biggest, not me, but you are the biggest factor in a strong, healthy, godly relationship. Time and time again throughout the word, Jesus confronted people who focused on other people and not themselves. You look at the woman at the well, or the woman caught in adultery. You look at the story of Mary and Martha. He was like, hey, your sister's choosing to do what is right. She's sitting at the feet of Jesus. Um, Time and time again, he's like, hey, quit looking at other people. Let's look at what's going on here. This is where you should truly be focused. Uh, Andy Andrews says, you're the common denominator in every single relationship you have. That's deep. So some relationships are strong. You may be doing very well. Some that are not strong, you may need to work on what you're doing. Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you five things. And these things, I'm going to hit really quickly, and then I'm going to give you a few minutes just to process and think through and really allow the Lord to show you, reflect on what we've talked about. But I'm going to bring up Scripture for each one, and then I'm going to trust that the Holy Spirit is going to do what He wants to do in and through you. So I'm going to read five points, but these are going to be areas where you, you're going to check your heart, check yourself. And so as it pertains to your relationship, 
These are areas where I've had to truly reflect and areas that I've, ex- I've had to grow extremely strong because I was not strong in these areas. And every single area will impact your relationship in a negative way if not focused on in this season of your life. Most of the issues that people take into marriage are not marriage issues. Their singleness issues never dealt with when we were single. And so let's just take that perspective into this. So point number one, check your relationship with God. This is the first and biggest factor in a strong, healthy, godly marriage. And you may be like, that's really easy to figure out. I promise you, man, Pastor uh, Larry Stockstill gave some stats this morning. I'm not going to go into it. You can watch the message this morning if you want to hear those. But the Bible talks about being equally yoked. There are several moments in our marriage that I've messed up. We've been extremely frustrated. Several things have happened. And the only thing that gave us hope and vision of coming out of this season is, I believe the Lord's working in my wife. I trust that he's doing what he wants to do in her. Maybe he's even restoring trust or things that have been broken in our relationship. But then also in me, she's trusting And he's walking with God. He's continuing to grow. And the Lord is dealing with what he's got going on in his life. You can't fix boo. Like, no matter how hard you try, the parameters you set up, the the guardrails that you set, if there's no relationship with the Lord, if you're unequally yoked, if you're not at the same pace in your relationship with God, if you're not running the same race, it's going to be difficult. And there's going to be moments where you get to it and you're like, you have nothing to put your hope in if, you, if you're dating a non-believer or maybe they're really weak in their faith, it's going to be hard for you to be confident that the Lord's really working in them if you're extremely frustrated or walk through a difficult season because they're probably not turning to the Lord. Maybe they are. But is your relationship with the Lord strong? Matthew 22, 36-38 says, Teacher, which commandment is the greatest in the law? Jesus declared, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. The question with this is, what relationship is most important to you? God or man? God or man? Point number two, check your identity. Going back to our relationship, man, there have been, we haven't fought near as much these last couple years, more so since we've been getting no sleep. But the first couple years of marriage, I'm going to tell a story here in a little while, but it was hard. And if we were, if we had our security in anything other than Jesus Christ, our relationship would have crumbled. There are moments in our relationship where we look at the reality of the situation, and if anything other than, man, I'm secure in my relationship with God, I know who I am, I know who God's called me to be. If my identity is anything other than that, I'm not progressing, I'm not growing, I'm not keeping faith in the relationship. Uh, One of my favorite qualities about Emily is that she is confident, that she's bold, that she's willing to call me out. Uh, Some of you have experienced that in your coffee dates with Emily. She's very direct. I'm very, like, encouraging. I'm like, you're doing great. Like, you're, God, you're so fun and awesome and you're good. And, like, Emily, you're, I love hanging out with you. You're fun. And she's like... I wish you would do the dishes more, like, honestly. Like, these things, this is, these are our conversations at the house. Like, I love when you serve me. That's how I feel loved. Can you vacuum? Like, those are, the, those are the conversations we're having. I want her to say nice things about me. She wants me to do 
the chores that she doesn't want to do, really. Where is your identity? It's Matthew 7, 24. You remember the story of, uh, that Jesus is talking about, build your house on the rock. The storms are going to come. The winds are going to come. Man, you, you have to be built on the solid foundation. If your security is in anything other than the Lord, it is going to be a wobbly foundation that will end up crumbling when hardships and trials come. Because Scripture says it'll come. But when it comes, are you ready? Will, it, will you be braced for the impact? And that's what we're doing. So point number, uh, the question with that is, where's your identity found? Where's your identity found? Point number three, check your humility. I feel like as a generation, 18 to 24, this is where we could get the most change if we were to humble ourselves. Scripture talks about in Ephesians 4, 2, be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Psalm 25, 8 through 9. God, God, good. I don't know what just happened in my brain. Good and upright is the Lord. Therefore, he instructs sinners in his ways. He guides the prideful. He does not do that. He guides the humble in what is right and teaches them his way. If we remain humble, God will guide our path. Humility is a sign of maturity. Humility is something that you admire in somebody else that you're dating or that you end up will be married to. Humility, when going through a tough time, will say, I'm sorry. This is something I need to work on myself. I realize I may have messed up. Pride, on the other hand, says, man, I didn't do much wrong. There's a lot of stuff that you expected differently. Sorry. That's happened several times from me. Spouses who are prideful lead to unhealthy, unhappy marriages. That does not change. Five years from now, that same thing will be true. Most of our fights in our marriage, I'm just going to tell them myself real quick, uh, could have been avoided if I was just humble. Because when I go in, I'm more fighting to be understood than I am to understand where we are. And if you're fighting to be understood more than you're fighting to understand the other person or the situation, you are prideful. Check your heart. Check your humility. Point number four, check your response when you make mistakes. I'm going to hit these really quick. Are you apologetic? Are you repentant? This point reminds me of, how many of you have ever, like, seen kids fight over, like, a toy? Have you all ever seen this? So, like, one kid may come up to the other kid, and they're, like, playing. They may have three of the same toy. It doesn't matter how many they have. But if one of them is gone, it's game on. Like, if, if another kid walks up and takes their block, <laughs> you would have thought they would have just punched them in the neck. Like, this is not going to happen. <laughs> We're not doing this. So they go at it. They're just unwilling to share. They're unwilling to compromise because their mind is set on one thing. When people, when, when you make mistakes, are you quick to be repentant? Are you quick to apologize? Even if you admit Man, maybe they're wrong in a little bit of sense. Are you willing to admit that you're wrong? Are you apologetic? Are you repentant? Point number five, check your response when others wrong me. This is the last two years of our life. We're going to teach in a few weeks um, what happens when we have pain in our life that we don't have like bandages or aspirin or medicine for. And... We're going to talk about forgiveness. We're going to dive into all of these things. How do we handle it? How do we walk through it? 
How many of you have ever been hurt in your life by somebody, something somebody said? A lot of us. Almost every person in here has their hand raised. How do I respond when other people hurt me? What is your first response? When, when, a, when pressure is applied to an orange, what do you think comes out? Orange juice. When a pressure is applied to a banana, what juice? <laughs> There's no juice. <laughs> when a pressure is applied to an apple, apple juice comes out. What are you so full of? That if there's enough pressure applied to you, what's going to come out? For most of us, it's hurt. Because we haven't taken the time to deal with the things that have caused us so much pain and hurt. So in a few weeks, we're going to hopefully give you a couple steps of like, how do I navigate that? How do we walk through that season? Am I quick to give grace? Guys, girls, this is a great this is a great red flag. If you've never been in a fight or seen them in a fight with somebody else, how do they respond to it? If they're always responding with anger, huge red flag. There's a lot of things going on in them. But what do I do when others wrong me? Do you assume the best or do you assume the worst? In our first year of marriage, um, I'm going to end with this story. We, uh, I don't even remember what we were fighting about. But normally when we get into uh, heated discussions, a.k.a. arguments, uh, Emily's personality, she would want to leave the room. And then my personality is we're going to settle it right now. So for some of you in here, you're like, I would hate that. Give me time to think about it. But my, I would apply the pressure until we just talked. And so one day she just became silent. She ended up, she did it so often, she would grab her keys, go to her car, and leave for like a half hour. And I caught on to the routine, and so I would just end up stealing the keys before she could leave the house. <laughs> which, which led to one time her leaving barefoot. We lived at Centerstone, so she walked all the way towards Andy's and Tacos for Life. Y'all probably thought she was crazy if you saw her. <laughs> but there was one evening where we got into a discussion. It was, it was heated. Uh, and she wasn't going anywhere because it was dark out. Um, and she, got, she was cleaning because that's what she does. And so I'm in there, and I'm just going, I'm applying the heat. I'm like, well, you're not going to talk about it? You wanted to talk about it? We were talking a little, bit, a little bit ago about it. What's wrong now? Are you just that upset? You're not going to say anything? What's, re- what's really going on in your mind? I'm just like, me. <laughs> and she ends up saying something back, or maybe she's silent. I don't remember the exact scenario. But I end up turning around, and I punch a hole straight through the center stone wall. And I've never seen my wife afraid of who I was until that moment. Because what was inside of me ended up coming out. And there was a lot of hurt. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of distrust. There were so many things going on inside of me that I had not dealt with that ended up coming to a point where there was so much pressure applied that I just did what I knew to do. Get aggressive. And then what ensued in the coming weeks, coming months, is it led me down a path of really figuring out how do I get healthy? Like in these scenarios, what's health? What is unhealth? In our conversations, what do I expect and what do I not expect? As a husband, what is my role when things we don't see eye to eye? How do I handle these things? And over the next three years, that was, or four years, we've almost married five years, we're still messed up. 
but I can look back in my life and if I would have done more work in these areas when I was single, I know I would have known how to respond the first five years of my marriage. I know some of you are like, man, we've heard this before. These are just good Christian principles. If you continue to avoid them, no matter what relationship you have, it could be a boss, it could be a relationship, it could be a marriage, these things will play out in a negative way. If we don't look at, man, what does God want to do in us? You are the most important factor in a strong, healthy, godly relationship. Matthew 7 says, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you'll see clearly to take the speck out of your brother's eye. Listen, when I look at relationships 10, 15 years from now, let's say some of you don't get married for 10 years. Some of you are like, no, you don't. <laughs> Others of you are like, maybe 15, hello. Let's say 10 years. You look at the nature of our relationships now, and I believe it's a result of the lack of attention and effort put into relationships now. 10 years ago, we should have been working on the way we see relationships playing out now. And I believe that you can shift an entire culture, the way that people see marriages, the statistics that you find on Google when you type in, how many marriages fail? How many marriages succeed? What do Christian marriages look like? I believe the, the nature that, that what we read on the internet, the statistics and everything involved, can shift if we were to take the time right now to look inwardly and say, God, what do you want to do in me? If I'm looking for a strong, godly spouse, I need to be one. How do I become that person? And if you put the work in now, you start putting the rubber to the road now, you start examining your heart, saying, Psalm 139, search me, O God, is there any grievous way inside of me? Lord, lead me in the way everlasting. Test my heart. If we start saying those type things now and truly meaning it and walking into repentance and Lord, what do you want to do in me? Allowing the Lord to reveal the things in us that aren't like him. We're going to have strong godly marriages. You're going to be able to walk into a relationship confident of who you are, not doubting, is this, a man, is this the way a man should treat me? Guys, you're going to walk in confidently not thinking, man, is this truly a woman of God? You're going to know. You're going to know how to lead her in a relationship. You're going to get to the, the decision of, man, is this the one who I really want to marry? It's going to be a no-brainer because you see a woman who is strong in the Lord. Guys, girls, you see a man who is strong in the Lord, and you're like, this is, this is the easiest decision I've ever made. Man, I, I respect them and honor them so much because of the way they live their life, the way they've put in the work. I love that about them. And you know what that's going to, that's going to prove? The fruit is going to come in your marriage, in the way you raise your kids, the marriages that they see, they're not going to be brought up. Some of you, you're like, man, I, wished, I don't wish what I've grown up in on nobody. Your kids aren't going to have to experience that. But it starts right now. And so for the next two minutes, I just want us to look at and take an inward look and ask the Lord, Lord, what do you want me to, what are you challenging me in right now? We're going to play some keys, silent music. We're not going to sing yet. I just want the Lord to be able to speak to us. Lord, where? The, and I'm going to ask the same question. Just because I'm married doesn't exempt me from being a strong, godly man and improving myself and walking how I need to walk. But what does the Lord want to speak to you tonight? And then I'm going to come up again and pray. So let's take just a few minutes, two minutes, and just take an inward look.